H.A. Jason here. Just want to say I really enjoyed the Dolomoid papers. Thank you for sharing that. I know that's a patron-only thing, but I just want you to know that your effort in putting that together and putting it out is not wasted. I really enjoy hearing stuff like that. I don't know about anybody else, but I, I just want to let you know I do appreciate it. I appreciate you and the effort you put into all this, and look forward to gaming with you again soon. So take care. Things he won't share with us The darkness in his brain The dungeon's master's plan The pleasure and the pain What's better left unknown Keep calling out to me I hear him think out loud To die the Only the brave shall come My name is Che Webster, and this is the Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Master's Diary. Wednesday. I'm horribly sleep deprived. I basically didn't sleep at all last night. Well, I suppose about maybe two hours or so. Um, wake up, and I just I've been unable to get back to sleep. I, I got up in the middle of the night, um, and. Um, yeah, it was um, a sort of weird, surreal thing. And I'm very sleep-deprived this morning. But I don't feel terrible. Um, you know, I have that fuggy thing where I can't think very well and I'm probably not sounding very coherent, but, you know. A couple of good things. Well, hmm, I think so. Um, so making the podcast episodes yesterday, uh, which, you know, I managed to find some time to like put together the... Uh, Fox Populi episode and um, and also kind of get the Andy Goodman interview such as it is out and um, I was really troubled listening to the Andy Goodman interview actually was particularly the thing that struck me the, the reason why my computer stutters so much in online interviews is because it just doesn't have the processing power to do what I'm asking it to do especially if we're running video and um this has become an issue over a number of interviews through season six. So there's quite a few times where I've been talking about the quality of what I've been doing. And some of that has been silly mistakes, um, you, you know, with the tools. But a lot of it is actually to do with the, the lack of processing power on my poor old laptop, um, which is, you know, a good five years or so old. And, and uh, I think it's a, a single chip i3 or something. It's a Pentium i3. It's, it's not a good kit uh in in the sense it wasn't designed i mean i bought it originally to write with you know to type um and uh our bigger main computer was what i was currently using at that time for fantasy grounds but that machine itself became really decrepit and eventually the hard drive kind of failed and um i don't know it's just like one of those things where i could upgrade it but it was sort of beyond my ken i suppose um so yesterday i i just wanged out on a new pc um, a mini computer actually for which I'm hoping it'll have the power to do having done some research I think it'll have the power to do what I want it to do which is to record stuff um, and be able to edit video uh, sorry audio edit and um, also to sort of handle this um, online conversational stuff because it's really ruining what what I want to do you know and um, I felt very low about that so how on earth am I funding that? Um, well, to be honest with you, I've been selling quite a lot of the books that uh, in my collection via eBay, and um, I think I continue to do that. I've got an awful lot of stuff that is just going to go. 
um, because I, I'm kind of where I'm at in my hobby right now. I don't need this excess of things, especially things that I, I know I'm done with. So there's an awful lot there and I've been selling them and um, that is incrementally, you know, adding up to quite a lot of money. So the 500 or so pounds I need for this PC is sort of, I think I'm about 300 pounds raised in the last month or so, um, which is an incredible thing. And so I, I felt like I could put that money towards the machine and um, kind of improve where I'm at really, which was a, a wondrous thing. Uh, that and a bit of saving money by not buying new, as much new stuff anyway uh, would be really, really good. So that's a little update. It's going to radically affect my ability to play. That's why it's relevant because I think, you know, my my, my struggles with Fantasy Grounds as well, um, you know, running games especially when you're hosting, it, the computer can handle it and I'm hoping the new machine will will have that ability. We'll just have that, you know, the specifications should meet and exceed the minimum requirements. So, yay. Um, on top of that, I just wanted to comment that I uh, I was listening to Arlen um, and he's done a really fantastic episode on uh, questioning about agency and that he also did a wonderful episode talking about his solo play and it kind of made me feel like and reminded me really of, of sort of I love sitting down alone to, to play bits of games and fiddle around with games. So I think that um, I'm really looking forward next week. I've got a week at home when school finishes on Friday and next week I'm at home and um, Deb is, is going to be the week off, the second week of the holiday, so she's going to have that week off. But the first week I'm pretty much at home alone and um, apart from the evenings, you know, when Deb will be home, I've got the days largely to myself. And I'm looking forward to that, having that space because I don't have any games to run. I'm hopefully playing in a couple. Um, but I, I just don't have anything kind of going on too much in the day. And even those games that I am playing in are in the evening. So, um, I'm just really looking forward to having some space. Um, and I, and I think, you know, I've been sort of really struggling with what I'm going to do with it. Um, big part of me wants to sit and write some stuff. Um, but actually another big part of me just wants to sort of be able to relax and enjoy not having to do anything um and so we'll see where that takes me shall we um but yeah i'm looking forward to that and, and you know sort of as i sit here i've got today and tomorrow and friday um you know I, i'm i'm in school tomorrow teaching but friday thankfully i am at home able to sort of finish off bits and pieces and um i'm, I'm just really hoping i can drag myself through these days and, and get through to the end it is always a bit of struggle the last week um so yeah okay that's where I'm at too, and um, game on. Hey up Shay, Shandy Andy here. TPK, I thought I'd just drop you a message on my thoughts about it. As you know, uh, I was involved in a TPK that you ran, uh, Castles and Crusades, and it must be about 18 months ago. And the one thing I will say is I really enjoyed that session. I, I, I found it immersive, I think is the word I'm looking for. And I can remember I even wrote up a sort of log on my own blog, if I remember rightly, of the session and the thoughts of my character. So I think that worked at the time. Um, and I'd much rather have a TPK at the beginning when the characters have only just started out than a, a bit later on. So it was all a case of characters, you know, failing to make the right decisions, I think, in our case. Um, but for me, it worked as a session. I'm still playing catch-up on some of the immersion uh, podcasts that you've put out, but uh, one of my thoughts, and this is something that I've been thinking about for a while, to be honest, and it's a, a realisation more than anything, 
what breaks immersion for me, and I've got to say it's combat at the end of the day. I have never, and I'm, I'm trying to think back, in 40 years of role-playing, I can't think of an immersive combat that I've been part of. Um, so that, uh, you know, there's nothing against you, Jet Shea, running combat. This is just generally every GM I've ever played under. I, I can't think that any of them have provided immersive combat. So that is obviously an issue I have, because uh, I'm sure that other players playing at the time w w will have found it. So that's quite an interesting thing for me to have a think about uh, how I'm going to deal with, Shay. One final thought on immersive play. The one I'd highlight that you ran where I felt as though I was immersed in the world uh, particularly. That's not to say I wasn't in other, other times, but the one that really stands out for me was when we did the scouting of that, uh, I think it was a villager of fort, and Ian had the handcart. Um, I think we were doing GURPS at the time there, and I found that very immersive. I got very caught up in it, um, and I just loved the way we were scouting out, we were mapping, we were checking you know, that things were safe and everything. Um, and that, I thought, was a very immersive uh, session for me. In fact, probably a couple of, I think, there were two sessions that uh, stood out for me. So I thought that was just worth mentioning to you. I wanted just to talk a little bit about solo play because I've been feeling like um, a lot of my solo play has been very stilted and and pretty limited, really, to uh, combat and character generation. And I, I realised today that, that the problem really lies, largely, I think, in my desire to explore other worlds, uh, that desire for um, other world immersion that I've been talking about a lot recently, um, but also a, a lack of the sense that there being an other world, if, you, if you're playing in a randomly generated game, essentially I've been using Mythic a lot, and... Um, and it's a system whereby you ask, you know, essentially questions and there are various kind of, you sort of set up your scenes and there'll be various random things that can happen. But essentially, I mean, the truth of it is that you don't necessarily have a world that you're exploring. Essentially, it's being generated, you know, in a combination of procedure and um, your imagination, which is fine. But I felt, I've felt for a very long while that it was always really unsatisfying. Essentially, for me, I think it's really important that I'm exploring an objectively created world, which is, um, I think, something that affects me in my gay face-to-face -face gaming as well, is that um, you know, I find it very difficult to run a game that is procedurally generated in its entirety, or almost in its entirety. I, you know, I found the better games I've had have been games where there's a sort of essentially a framework. So, for example, recently playing Dolmenwood um, using old-school essentials, it worked really well because I had the sort of map of Dolmenwood and Dolmenwood is a place and there are lots of locations upon the map that are detailed in worm skin and, you know, it, it's a completely kind of, I don't know, pre-designed environment which then the, the characters enter, the players then start to explore and interact with. And within that, I can use procedures, so procedurally generating random encounters and um, other such things really support my prep but essentially I know that I've got this framework there, this kind of basis of, of a world that exists that I was exploring. So that was a really rewarding game. Um, when I've tried to do it 
more loosely, you know, sort of like almost entirely from like uh, random generation, even where I'm randomly generating stuff before the game and then trying to run the game that way, it's felt less um, satisfying. So I suppose a good example of me doing that was when I created the Dungeons of Thal and I created the Thal using, um, you know, random generators for dungeon and then uh, set up various... um, random elements within the dungeon now once the dungeon existed i was sort of comfortable with that but i feel like in a lot of ways i didn't really know i mean the dungeon was the way it was because it's random and that was an interesting experiment for me but it, it was really unsatisfying and ultimately i think why my enthusiasm for that game kind of seriously waned it wasn't that um i wasn't enjoying the play because i was it's just that i didn't feel like it was a real place and that makes sense because this is all imaginary but there we go so for me, coming back to what I feel I need in terms of my solo play, uh, I believe that um, I kind of need another world. I need at least a framework of another world. And so this is why whenever I sit down, I've been thinking a lot about doing some SF um, solo gaming, getting back to, uh, I was actually earlier in the year playing Traveller. And, um, and my intention was to sort of explore the rules of that you know and there's a lot of random procedures in there a lot of um, you know they're all about creating encounters and random elements but within the context of a world and what's really interesting of course is i'm playing 77 traveler there was no other world effectively the gm they had the tools there for the gm to build one and you could do that procedurally um, but i've always found that that element of it felt a bit fake it's like as if i if i haven't designed it and i've just done it randomly it's somehow it's not the same i don't know if that makes any sense at all but anyway i figured that i'd I'd been really enjoying reading i've been looking back through a lot of the um classic traveler modules for the official traveler universe and um and i feel like i would like to explore all those and that was what i'd started to do uh, if you remember if think back to when i was starting playing with traveler i I, when we started the rollgate game i was actually using the imperial fringe module and i was preparing to use some of the other modules in that game now that game fell apart for various different reasons but I think that there was a nugget of something really useful there because I felt, again, I had this framework. Again, I could use the procedures within the game to generate these specific encounters and creatures and other bits and pieces that were in the world. But I had this framework, sort of geographical and um, setting-wide kind of set of... um, uh, of uh, kind of I don't know real things that the players could go explore I guess and um, uh, you know that was kind of interesting to me now I think I could use sort of procedural tools to support me in world building but I feel as though I, you know for me it's got to have a certain amount of decision making um, by me as a GM so uh, I don't know but I, I felt like in terms of solo play it might be interesting to actually explore these modules and um and sort of you know play through some of them i suppose and then use the solo play tools to to jazz that up and make them more interesting so i don't know if that's going to work but that's what i've been thinking about but i think underneath it all there's been a load of things i realized about about the world part of the um that construct of, of a role-playing game you know that mechanisms me- mechanics of the game that for me are um you know sort of relatively flexible i can i can happily use them and i can interchange them to some degree uh, methodology of play is something that i'm learning and developing but worlds have to be something that i feel is you know for want of a better word that real you know that, that they have that verisimilitude and that comes i think from design like intended design rather than 
random generation. And um, I think that it's interesting that the events and um, encounters and other things within a world, I'm quite happy to have those have random elements and strongly be guided by that as an effort, effort and sort of an element of my methodology. But I feel the world itself must be something that hangs together, um, not a random construct. And I don't know if that makes sense to anybody else, but that's kind of how I felt. Anyway, the other thing is I've been thinking about doing Traveller, but I've been really torn because I feel very drawn to trying out uh, Traveller 5. It's been reissued. I, I supported this game right through Playtest. Like, you know, gotta be, it's got to be 10 plus years ago, I would have thought. Um, and... I, I, you know, I bought into the Kickstarter for the first version of it, and then I, I was kind of very, I was very disappointed with the uh, final product, and I thought, in a way, a lot of people I think were, but it got re-kickstarted. I couldn't at the time bring myself to to support it, but I have concept sort of since got hold of the books, and uh, obviously had all the PDFs sent to me, and I, I had a look through those, and I was encouraged enough by the changes to sort of lamb out and get myself a copy of the books, mostly because I'm a traveller addict, let's be honest, but. Anyway, I've been writing, and I have played around with it. And actually, I, you know, back I think last year or earlier this year, I was I was creating characters, and I was kind of quite encouraged by that. I really enjoyed that, and I've been quite torn to sort of give it a go. But equally, I'm, I'm I want to sort of dive into those classic traveler modules, and I feel like for solo play, classic traveler is just nice and straightforward and simple. I think the problem I have with T five is I keep looking at the book, and it just looks complicated, full of tables and charts. And now I know that that's probably just an appearance. You know, that's the way I feel about a lot of games that I actually really enjoy. But um, I don't know. So I'm a bit tall about that. But I think the important thing is that I feel as though I found my way back to how I could do solo sci-fi. And uh, along the way, I think I might have just realised a few things about world building. So I thought I'd share them. Having listened, I think it was Arlen was mentioning about the, uh, and your reply to him, about session length. Uh, and you saying that um, four hours is quite a long time online. I sort of agree and sort of don't agree with you. I think I've mentioned this before, Shay, but I found that uh, in an evening now, uh, two hours is enough for me after I've been at work all day. Uh, I generally struggle after nine o'clock, to be honest, in anybody's game. Uh, I'm just too tired. But what I have found is when I've run uh, my RuneQuest Glorantha on Saturday afternoon, I run it 12 till four, a four-hour session, that seems to fly by, uh, and that's been echoed by the players as well. It's very rare that um, you know we're, we're struggling at the end of that session. So I think it's a time of day thing. Uh, I, I know this is something I mentioned before, but I, I find it a lot easier to play a longer session during the day rather than in the evening. Shay, what you were mentioning about uh, compromising has hit home to me as well recently. I, when I was going to run my OSC Wilderlands, I was planning on it being some great Wilderlands adventure, pulling in all sorts of things from the various books and everything uh, into the Wilderlands. But that hasn't really panned out that way with the group of players I have. It's become much more a social interaction um, with less real interest, I think, in the setting itself. And it's more um, a group of people just getting together, having a few drinks while we're playing. And um, we're, we're now doing a dungeon crawl. The Palace of the Silver Princess, which really is nothing to do with the Wilderlands, but I, I put it in there and given it, you know, I, I've tried to make it work in there. So I completely agree with you that I, I, I've compromised and enjoyed it, having compromised. <laughs> I've, uh, 
I've just been rolling up um, a travel account using the Traveller 5th edition or Traveller 5 rules. Um, and uh, my character just died during character creation. Which is just like, it's really funny, to be frank with you. A uh, really interesting character as well. Uh, a scholar. Um, uh, as he died, the assistant professor of astrogation um, at the City College on the world of uh, Mancine or the Mancine Belt. Um, and uh, he's doing really well right up until the point when when you fail a, a risk roll. And you can kind of like gamble a little bit by going for mods and I try to play it it's safe and completely spammed the roll. You then make... Um, that you take the modifier and you kind of make a flux roll. The flux roll is like a positive die and a negative die. Got a minus five, the worst possible roll you could get on the on the flux die. So you take I took a total of six off his intelligence, bringing it to zero, thus killing him. Um, so I guess I'm going to roll up another one. Uh, it's good though. I mean, I, I kind of learning the process, you know, learning how it plays. But uh, I didn't quite twig that you could die in character creation in Travel Five. So yeah, that's a thing. When I first played Traveller 5, 5th edition of Traveller, Mark Miller put out several years ago in playtest, um, the biggest problem was that combat didn't work. Um, essentially, when the first version of the book came out, it didn't even really describe how to do hand-to-hand combat. That's all been sort of fixed. I mean, the new uh, latest edition, 2019 edition of Traveller 5, does tell you how to do combat, tells you how hand-to-hand combat works as well, which was a massive step forward. And I had a lot of fun this weekend. I've just been actually, I rolled up four characters um, and trying to sort of build towards running a game uh, using one of the old modules. And um, I even adapted two of the characters from the module to sort of put them through the process. Uh, yes, they really had a good time doing it. I really enjoy it. I have to say, Traveller 5's character creation system, top stuff. Once you get past the page flipping and um, it isn't very well organised. I mean, the biggest thing I would say about this game is it just desperately needs an editor. But I've just run those four characters through a combat. Now, there's an example combat at the back of Traveller 5, Book 1. I think it's page 225, 224, 25. Um, it's kind of the five friends, and they're up against these six synthetics, A, B, C, D, E, and F, imaginatively named. Um, and uh, I thought I'd run through. Now, I ran basically one combat round. It's taken me um, about... Uh, 55 minutes to do one round of combat so yeah combat is broken into three phases movement attacks and damage and then essentially you kind of you resolve everything and admittedly that time I've been making notes so I was kind of scribbling down what's going on but as you can tell from my tone of voice I just found this entirely unsatisfactory it's like there's an incredible amount of detail um and that's kind of cool, and it feels cool. And, I, and there's a lot of things I like about this. I really like the fact that you're rolling a number of dice equal to the range band. So, like, if you're at range one, you roll one dice, at range two, you roll two dice, at range three, you roll three dice, you know. But there's so many abstractions. Like, you can move one combat band per round, or two if you sprint, but you can't sprint for another four rounds. The thing that really pissed me off, actually, was right at the start, we roll for initiative. So, basically, initiative is, like, Essentially, everyone acts at the same time, or everyone acts, and there's no kind of nobody goes really first. So you do all your movement, and then all your attacks, and then all the damage resolution, which I'll talk about in a sec. Um, but if someone wants to push for initiative, they say claim initiative. That can either be opposed or not. So you can you can go yeah, go on in, and then they just go they go first. The first attacker um, 
has a penalty. Anyone who shoots at that or attacks that first attacker gets a, a bonus, a plus one bonus to target them, so it'd be easy to hit. That's the penalty of going first. Um, but as far as I can tell, it's just the first attacker individual, not necessarily the group. It's not specified. Um, what already got me is if you, content, if you contest it, so then you make a tactics roll, a test, an opposed tactics roll. And here's where I just got annoyed because my guy had a tactic, my leader... Hellstrom has tactics. Um, sorry, it's not tactics. It's a leader. A leader test, sorry. Leader of six. <laughs> Basically, his, his chance was he's got like um, 13 intelligence. So he had like, uh, what are we talking, 19 or less chance. And, then the other, and this is on 2D. And the other guy has a nine. But whoever rolls lowest wins, and he, my guy rolled a nine, and their guy rolled a, a seven, and therefore, no, my guy rolled an eight, sorry, and their guy rolled a seven, and therefore their guy wins initiative, even though the margin of success between my skill and is huge. Theirs was two, mine was like eleven. This is one of the things I love about GURPS. GURPS has this whole margin of success, margin of failure thing going on. So that actually would have meant in GURPS, you know, my guy would have won. And yeah, that's the point. I kind of felt like, why am I playing this? I could be playing GURPS, which is a heck of a lot more, um, well, believable for starters. I think Traveller 5 for me is an excellent resource for thinking about science fiction gaming because there's so many good things in it. There are so many good things in it, but but nah, um, it ain't it it ain't working for me in terms of combat and stuff. Hmm. So I don't know. Do I know? Because plan plan B was to take that into Classic Traveller and see if I could enjoy Classic Traveller, and maybe I should run the combat. In, I've kind of enjoyed combat in Classic Traveller, but again, it's a bit abstract. Combat rounds are a minute. There is no initiative. Um, I don't know, actually. I really don't know. I might run it. I might run that through that fight and just see how that feels. But I can see me heading back to playing GURPS. I think, actually, if I want to explore the Traveller universe, the safest thing for me is just to adapt everything across to GURPS because that's a game that works, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. Nearly two weeks now without playing or running a game. The game on Saturday night that Derek offered to run a Doctor Who didn't get off the ground because basically it was only me interested and neither he nor I wanted to game, you know, one-on-one -on -one online. Looking like the games this week, I've got a game tomorrow night with Arlen. Uh, 2D20 Conan looks like it's going and I'm really excited for that even though I am incredibly nervous about how I'll be as a player I know the kind of player I am often and I need to become better so I'm going to really try and sort of focus bring my very best self to the game and it's session zero tomorrow so it's an opportunity for me and Arlen and I believe it's Lan joining in and um, yeah we're just going to sort of try to find our feet and I'm really looking forward to then there's this 2d20 trek game which Basically, the GM is finding he can't get other players for the moment, so I doubt that's going to start this week. But, you know, I'm still hopeful, fingers crossed. In all of those, I'm really grateful to those guys wanting to offer me games. 
that even though they're not coming off necessarily that you know that they really want to engage me and I'm really grateful for that because it's like sharing your love of your hobby with me isn't it and I and I really enjoy trying these new things I do honest and yet two weeks of not gaming and here I am I really am itching to find my way back to the table as a GM I don't know if I'm courageous enough but I want to I think I've got three other worlds in me I, I might have mentioned this before there's my Kovnia my fantasy other world which I've kind of just allowed to drift for a few days because I've also been looking at the other two other worlds and I realized that the one that actually is perhaps the least defined is the modern, what I call the modern conspiracy horror world. It's the world that actually Deb, my wife, engaged me in uh, many years ago now, nearly, whoa, maybe even as far ago as 15 or 20 years ago. It's the world that essentially asks the question, what if all of this weird stuff that happens in 14 times and we hear about all the time around us is real? And allows us to explore the consequences of that question, the weirdness around us, the um, the strange things that happen. And I'd really like to explore a game that was based around that, a sort of modern game, probably with some pretty average Joe people engaging with, you know, a strange world and getting deeper into it. I would, um, I think I would enjoy that experience. But of course, it's... Uh, it's a weird one <laughs> which of course it is the third one is the one I've been playing with around in my head for about five or six days now which is to go to science fiction world and I realized you know that the the world the universe I guess that I want to explore is the traveler one it's the the one that I've collected everything for that I can possibly get my hands on over the last 40 years and yet never really got to play in much and so that's the one I'm sort of focused on right now and, and the only thing I'm torn about is exactly how to present any of these games you know system wise I have to admit I'm done with learning new games I think I think I, I've realized that I don't need any more games I, I you know rules wise what I need is is some commitment to some worlds and to learn how to become a better GM and a better player in those worlds to have something that I can play consistently. And of course there are three worlds. So there are three games that I can offer over time, I suppose. And if people get a little bit like, you know, we come to a point where people want to stop or they get a little bit fed up with it or whatever, then it's possible to switch to another other world because there are three to explore. And I think the cycle of those three would be more than enough to keep me going for the rest of my life. Um, you know, being that I'm approaching 50 years old, that's somewhere between, what, on average 20 to 30 years. And I think that I could easily spend that time enjoying, you know, these games, um, you know, and that would be it really. So I'm in a good place, but I'm in a place of kind of wondering if anyone would join me, I guess. And um, there's a really big part of me doubts that, but then there's another part of me that's really hopeful. <laughs> so I'm in a... I'm in a sort of strange, strange place where I'm just going to record this and I guess this will eventually go out into the world and you will be listening to it now. And I guess all I'm saying is if you're listening to me and you're thinking, you know what, that's interesting uh, and perhaps you'd like to come and explore those 
worlds or one of them or whatever, then don't be a hesitant. Uh, yeah, don't be hesitant to to come and ask to take part because I would be interested to talk to you. I think we need to start a conversation and try and find those players who are interested in the things that we're interested in. And um, and I'm and I'm really ready to go there. I think. So, yeah, I don't know, I'm wittering. But thank you for being here and listening to me through all of this ups and downs that I go through. Uh, 45 episodes of Dungeon Master's Diary and it seems like I might actually finally be, I don't know, taking a fresh step on the journey rather than going around a loop. I don't know. Could be wrong because I've felt like this before, haven't I? But uh, I guess time will tell. Game on.